Hello and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings, Commanders. Greetings, Commanders. The show that talks about the universe of Elite and the development of the computer game Elite 4, known as Elite Dangerous. And the fantastic community that surrounds it. A place of nonsense and innuendo for forum dads. A self-contained podcast two hours long. Transmitting to every corner of the galaxy. It's even louder than me. The hottest show this side of Dizzo. The name of the place. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 409 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Defire, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder Bar for this episode, we have a full crew. We have our Head of Health and Safety, Ben Moss Woodward, otherwise known as Commander Adler Vice. <laughs> Excellent. We also have our Staff Liaison Officer, Commander Psychic. Oh, hi. And uh, we also have our apprentice stunt driver, the legendary Commander Alec Turner. Good evening, everyone. Good evening, and welcome uh, to this episode of Live Radio. Um, now, if you wish, you can join us live. We are not hanging out in game. Um, somebody is is streaming something on the uh, something else on on the stream tonight, which I'm quite sure it should be familiar to a lot of people. Um, but uh, if you want to, you, we are hanging out on Twitch. Uh, you can get to that through uh, going to laveradio.com slash live and click on the live chat. Or go straight to twitch.tv slash laveradio or go to Facebook and look up laveradio or um, uh, YouTube or even Twitter. We are um, live on all of them. So let's quickly go around the, the crew. Now that we've got a full one, and see how they've been. So we will start off with um, uh, our apprentice driver, Mr. Oh, Turner. How have you been? Blimey, drop straight in at the deep end. <coughs> I've yeah, been, definitely. <laughs> I've been all right. It's been a chaotic couple of weeks, actually. I was away last week because we took uh, my 93, I'm going to say, year-old stepmom and her sister away on holiday. And she's blind and her sister's deaf, so it was like some sort of geriatric, uh, what's that cartoon with um, Gene Wilder and see no evil, hear no evil. <laughs> so there was a lot of shouting at each other and... Um, and <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, manic behaviour, but it was good fun. They, they went bowling and swimming and did uh, 
I don't know, all sorts of got them playing pool and golf, and so they had a great time. But it was it was a bit exhausting. Uh, and then where are we this week? I um, we're having our entire central heating system stripped out and replaced. Uh, the cunning plan being, well, you know, Boris's Boris's advice was to sell your old kettle and get a new one, and we we thought we'd take that to the to the to the max and get rid of our entire central heating system and get a new one. Um, I'm not quite sure how many years it's going to take to pay for itself, but <laughs> the theory is good if it works. So is it a boiler or a heat pump? It's a boiler. We didn't go as far as a heat pump, but um, mm. but it, it should nevertheless, in theory, be a lot more efficient than our old system. I, I'll let you know in about 15 years whether or not we've made our money back. <laughs> Excellent. Um, and we will pop over to um, our chief heckler, that'd be Commander Psychic. Don't know what you mean. Rumours of my heckling from last week are um, vastly exaggerated. I wasn't in voice. I didn't heckle at all. I didn't type anything in chat at any point whatsoever. Hi, how you doing? Mm, so, so shall we update your um, your job title to liar in chief then? <laughs> no, I, I think Stephanie Aiden officer covers all of it. To be honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hi, hi, folks. I had um, I I was away. I was um, in North in a caravan in North Wales, and it was lush. And it was um, we went to the long the long place name, and we did all sorts of touristy things. And at one person told us that our dog was very well behaved, and I'm taking that to the bank. Um, but yeah, it's just like a, a a nice bit of time away. But I did obviously make a lot of um, time to. Come and come and um, keep tuned into the show, which was excellent last week. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, glad you did. Um, okay, um, Ben, how have you been? Yeah, I've been all right. I'm, I'm suffering, you know, a wee spot of temporal displacement effects, but apart from that, everything's okay. Well, um, do you mean you mean popping over to another universe? You mean? Oh, uh, I mean popping back to 1984. But yeah. Oh no no! I thought you were in another universe. No, no, I, I've been all over the I've been all over the galaxy. I've been you know I've been I've been in other universes. I've been in metaverses. I've been, and you know now we're doing a spot of time traveling. It's all good. Uh, excellent. Well, um, yeah, I'm afraid to say it. You could probably tell that I've got a a, a slight amount of the lurgy. When looks like my my daughter came back from from university with a, a nasty cold, and she's decided mm-hmm. to share and enjoy. So, uh, yeah, that's been fun. Been doing a lot of elite. Did a lot of uh, shared missions last night, and uh, didn't die once, and didn't get any notoriety. So I was quite proud of myself. Plenty of murdering, but legal murdering, if you like. I just thought so, the other you know day. what you mean. <laughs> So um, let's let's quickly skip on to the development news. Well, it has been a very busy week uh, for Frontier. Well, obviously, last Tuesday they kicked off the um, the console transfer, and that seems to have been a resounding success. Uh, there's been very few failures. Um, there were some very long waiting times to begin with, uh, and uh, but. That seemed to settle down. I think the average time is now between five and ten minutes for you to transfer your commander over. Uh, and uh, yes, and you can tell the uh, you can you can actually tell because the the steam powered numbers for elite have actually started to rise quite significantly over the last couple over the last week. So yeah, there's the numbers are now higher, almost as high as February this year, which was you know quite good going. 
So I, d- I think we, we did the console transfers to death last week, but um, Psykit, Alec, have uh, you got anything to say on that? Woohoo, console transfers! Go, yeah, yeah console transfers. I'll just say, yeah, I confirm that I've seen lots of stories of people saying that it was very easy and very straightforward and they're quite happy. There, there's a, a big thumbs up for the moment about the, the, the people moving over from consoles. Uh, and of course, there's the usual people who are unhappy about the fact that they, they're stuck on consoles, which uh, I'm afraid I don't think there's anything we can say because we've been over that one so many times. Um, do. But um, as part of the console transfers, it felt like we thought that this was the ideal opportunity um, to launch 4.0, the Horizons uh, Odyssey hybrid, if you like. So this is, of course, the if you do not have Odyssey, uh, you now have a copy of Horizons Bracket 4.0, which gives you everything that's in Odyssey apart from the on-foot stuff. That about right? Yeah, I guess it's yeah. about right, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And so that means uh, the new UI, the new planetary tech, uh, the new graphics engine, uh, obviously uh, the Scorpion, and I think they gave the multi-limpic controllers, those were in 3.8 as well, were they? Or are they yes, 4. I yeah, think 3.8. I haven't tested them actually, but I think 3.8 already had those. Right, okay, so yeah. So effectively, you can you you can uh, try out the new content which is coming, which is or, or in existence. So, if you go to HIP twenty two four sixty, you will suffer the same effects that the rest of the Odyssey players have been having, and also um, you will be dealing with the uh, the Thargoids in a much more aggressive state. Uh, and in addition to which, you can also track the. The uh, unidentified interstellar anomalies, if that, if that's what we're calling them these days. A bit wordy, isn't it? I think I, it I think, is. <laughs> Stargoid. Stargoids, as people seem to want to call it. <laughs> star, I thought it was a Tharg star. Has everybody agreed it's now a Stargoid? Stargoid, yeah. I think Stargoid was... I mean, I might, one might argue, no? I'm still going for space, but I'm still trying to make that a thing. Um... But I'm not. I, I'm not super worried about if it doesn't catch on. It's okay. That is oh. the one problem, isn't it, with Thargoid? Is that we're going to look like right fools when it has absolutely nothing to do with Thargoids? It's a hundred percent everything to do with Thargoids. I wouldn't worry about looking like a fool with that. Okay. Yeah. Um, for those of you who who are on Psychic's side, um, you can also include uh, Commander Wotherspoon and Commander uh, Beetlejuice for the rather graphic representation of what they thought the Stargoid was in one of their uh, uh, Galnet articles. <clears throat> Never be able to look at that again. It's it's one of those things that now that I've seen that image, it's kind of spoiled the Stargoid for me. It really has. It's. Uh, Shakes fist angrily, for those of you who can't see it. Um, Right, 4.0 obviously launched. Um, Yeah, now there is one caveat as far as 4.0 is concerned, is that Odyssey players, you don't get it at all. If you have got Odyssey, that's it. You you don't get uh, Horizons 4.0. And the other upshot of all this is is that, um, as we've mentioned before, uh, you cannot instance with other uh, Horizons 4.0 and Odyssey cannot instance together. 
So, yeah, there's been a lot of confusion about the fact that a lot of people thought they were getting um, Odyssey, and then they all thought it was all going to, they were all going to be able to at least join up in Odyssey 4.0, but it does seem that the things are split again. Um, I mean, ironically, Odyssey is actually on sale at the moment for £16.50. I think it's 40% off, but... Has the reasoning been explained? Well, I mean, no, it hasn't really. I I have a theory, and the only thing I was going to say, especially with the sale, is, is, you know, I forget who it was. Was it Bruce? Was it Sally? Somebody gave a pretty blunt reply. When when somebody said, how do I instance with my Horizons 4.0 friends? And the the fairly blunt reply was, they should just buy Odyssey. Uh, Which actually isn't. You know, given its half price, it's clearly rubbed a lot of people up the wrong way. But it's um, it's a good point, I suppose. My theory, yeah. I'd love to hear other people's theories. My theory on why it doesn't work, I guess we could confirm this. But Horizons 4.0 and Odyssey are basically the same game. I mean, it's the same game client. And it's simply that in order for it to be Horizons, certain features are disabled. Um, like you know, the ability to get out on foot. My my or land my, on atmospheric planets. Yeah. So so my theory is kind of that perhaps they both install in the same location, and that having two versions of the same game installed in the same place that behave in two different ways just didn't work. I mean, it's it's obviously easy to fix, but I wonder if anyone's tried that. I wonder if anyone could report the name of the folder where Horizons 4.0 installs and whether it is actually the same location that Odyssey installs. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm not sure because obviously we don't. We've all got Odyssey, so we don't know. Mm. That's that's the issue. I mean, I personally thought it was something to do with the team's mechanism. How difficult it would be if you had all kind of joined the same ship or team and then all of a sudden one of you had the the one let's say the pilot is in odyssey and the the crew is in four point horizons uh, 4.0 and the pilot tries to land on an atmospheric planet and i mean it's it's it'd be an absolute nightmare i mean what happens does the crew get ejected from the ship and are just hovering above the planet or you know it, there's a whole load of uh horrible use cases that could be uh, that could be construed I mean it's not like there's a clean cutoff point like there is with between the original Elite and Horizons Elvis Scremon points out in chat it is yet another 50 gigabyte download so if you if you have Horizons 3.8 and Odyssey and Horizons 4.0 that's that's three full installs of the game but you know I mean you, if you've got enough disk space then I still don't really see why Frontier don't allow us to do that, but hey Yeah, yeah. Um, right. Anybody else got anything to mutter about 4.0? I mean, from what I've seen in the forums, there's a, there's the, a lot of the uh, user complaints that we've always had with Odyssey. You know, a lot of the, the UI um, yeah. changes that... I mean, I found I had a... A bit of pain to get through in order to get used to it. I was going to say that is that we are seeing, and I'd love to see. I I I wish I'd seen more of the flip side, but I I I have to say I haven't. But maybe that's the nature of the forums. But I have seen a lot of people who are seeing either the UI for the first time or the 
performance for the first time or you know maybe people who are used to like the old planet tech you know we're seeing a lot of the sort of initial complaints that we had with odyssey coming around again as new people get hit with those things for the first time yeah i mean like i said i mean the ui it's painful to start with but once i get used to it i find it now difficult to go back to 3.8 um the main issue of course is that there are a couple of outstanding issues there's obviously the performance issues that you've highlighted and there's a couple of um glaring issues with the galaxy map not remembering routes like it does in in horizons mm. that that really really need to be kind of smoother you know take it out i think <laughs> also the lighting is fundamentally different and i don't think it's necessary I, I don't think frontier would say it's broken anymore i think they've worked through all the, the issues that they thought were actual mm -hmm. issues but it is different and I, and so that's another thing like the ui that i guess you you have to get used to you know some people don't like it it's it the contrast is higher and i think things are different yeah that's been a, a complaint hasn't it the people have, have sort of said they've not liked the the new shadows and oh yeah, yeah. it's like it yeah. you said that the shadows are still very much broken in some cases yeah yeah i mean it would have been nice i i'm gonna i'm gonna sort of like hop back to when um odyssey sort of like first came out it would it still would be very nice in these um update 14 4.0 times to have oh i don't know accessibility in a game which is which is like i've been out for quite some time you know now it would be yeah. really nice to see to see those those things um so yeah if that that and that in itself would be would be again a lovely thing i I think with the forums we have an issue wherein we have a lot of um a lot of folks who get, well you people are much more likely to say if they don't like something rather than if they like something they will just continue enjoying it so you are always going to see a sway towards um negativity in in those in the vocality of negativity there's not um there's not really a big um a big uh shock by that for me um I would have just liked I, I'm not even bothered about having Odyssey and being able to interact with Horizons 4.0 people. I would have personally been incredibly happy with just being able to load into 4.0 to mm -hmm. go and like um experience things with 4.0 commanders for the same time in the same way that we can now experience things with our console friends. Now that they've they've moved over, um, it's it feels like, as you said earlier, Colin, like we're we're breaking up, um, dismantling and breaking up the community again. That said, had Frontier come out and said initially, this is literally a tech demo for those who are interested in seeing if four point will um or Odyssey would work on their machines before actually taking that step and paying money to buy Odyssey. If they'd have said that from like the beginning, from when they started saying we're going to now give Horizons owners 4.0 as well, that would have been great. But there was no there was no sort of like sign of that until the day before that Odyssey players weren't going to have access to access to Horizons 4.0. Um, to be able to play with those commanders in the new engine, which I personally found incredibly disappointing. 
Yeah, I must admit, um, I'm with you on that one, um, Alec. Yeah, I was just going to say on the on the tech demo thing, and I, I get that, and I, yeah, you know, I, I've hear, heard people say it's a way to test out, you know, if your machine is going to run or to see. I, I think we should remember that the main reason, I think the main reason for Horizons 4.0 is because 4.0 is the only platform on which the narrative is going forwards. So as far as Frontier are concerned, Horizons 4.0 is their way of allowing people who haven't paid to upgrade to Odyssey to experience the narrative from this point going forwards. It, it, I don't think it's about any of those other things for Frontier. I think they see it purely as a way of giving Horizons players access to new narrative. Well, there's also the the other issues that um, know that Horizons 4.0 and Odyssey are combined, then it's easier to de- develop. All you have to worry about for 3.8 is making sure that you've got the... Um, the Galnet news and the community calls running properly and making sure that nothing breaks. And that's all you have to worry about. With 4.0 and Odyssey, obviously 4.0 is a subset of Odyssey. So as long it, if you fix something in Odyssey and it's part of 4.0, that's also fixed as well. So it's like it. So there is a forum post where they've said... Um, when they first announced, when they announced the forum post, and then we had a big chat about it, um, it within the forum, there's like twelve pages of people going, "Why can't I play Horizons 4.0 with with Odyssey?" It's like you're gatekeeping that from me, blah blah blah, all of the things that people aren't happy with. Um, but someone said on that thread, and I don't know who it was, and I, I I'm frantically trying to pull the thread up now. Um, someone said on that thread, um. It would have been like as I said, it would have been better had you said this is a tech demo um, and gives you a ch- gives you a chance to um, find it out. And Sally went, "That's a really good point," and then changed the original post to say this is a tech demo, effectively. And that that felt, you know what it you know what it did. Do you remember Di- the the Blizzard saying, "Do you not have phones?" Yeah, it felt it gave that energy to me. Oh. Yeah. And that that I was on holiday, and that I shouldn't have to like feel that energy while I'm on holiday, lads. It's not for it. It just made me. It gave me that same ick as people going, "Do you not have phones? Just go ahead and buy Odyssey." Mm. We're in a yeah. we're in a fucking cost of living crisis. I don't care if it's forty five percent off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. I mean, the one thing that uh, did get me about the whole um issue with this is that I think. No, this, this, I'm not quite so sure about this. It was a rumour that I heard that you could actually launch Odyssey in 4.0 mode. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, and, but for the life of me, I've been all the way through the forums, I've been all the way through Reddit, I've been trying to search to find out, to find the person who made this post, but I haven't found it yet, so that that's unconfirmed. Um, if anybody out there can let us know how how you can do that, I'd like to know. But uh, because it'd be interesting to see whether or not this switch to launch something in four point zero mode um, would uh, would actually work. The main issue about all Odyssey at the moment, well, um, Horizons four point zero, is that a lot of the CQC players and the power play players are sticking with three point eight. Because that's the only common platform. Like, if I played live Odyssey Powerplay, there's hardly anybody playing it. So I might as well be playing it in solo. 
but then again, at the moment, there's not that many power players left at the moment. Anyway, but yes. So Ben, that switch. The, the way that you meant that we may or may not be able to go into Odyssey 4.0, is that not is it not a, a command line argument, basically, to the launcher or something? There was a command line launcher argument, which would launch the... which would make sure that the... Uh, if you if you triggered it, it would launch... it would put the launcher up and then fire it as if you selected Odyssey. Yeah. I mean, selected Horizons. But... Um, I was under the impression that there was a command line uh, option which launched Odyssey, but in 4.0 mode. So, uh, so yeah, this is this is what Sally's updated, isn't it? Yeah, uh, the, the, the italic parts, the italic yeah. parts, were the bits that she she added poster. I don't. I feel like it's been it's been altered again since, but I didn't take a screenshot of what what they what they'd written before. But it 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 just it still gives me the ick. Yeah, I mean, this one said the release is courtesy and a free upgrade for non-Odyssey orders, owners, which is uh, true. Odors. <laughs> yeah, non-Odyssey orders, that's right. You don't have Odyssey, you smell. Um, they now get the 4.0 code base with a number of perks that it contains, which we have, we've discussed, as well as being able to engage with future content and narrative updates at no additional cost where this wasn't possible before. So, yeah, it's a free update, but... Um, I think it's this lack of crossplay or the lack of being in, being able to instance is the is the kicker for this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm I I don't understand why they're doing this. I just I don't see where the harm is in letting Odyssey players be able to play technically Od- Odyssey four point with Horizons commanders. Well, maybe it's a, a stick to try and get as many Odyssey players in as possible. Well, in that case, then you could just argue it's a blind money grub, but I don't want to say that. Mm. Alec? It's really just an interjection on Ben's comment. Like I said, I, I, th- I think it's almost an oversight that, that, that you can't, that Odyssey players haven't got access to Horizons 4.0. I don't think it's a big tactical decision on Frontier's behalf. I, I think it's almost an oversight. I could well imagine them it not even occurring to them that anyone would want to do that. You've got Odyssey. Why on earth would you want to play exactly the same game client but with certain features disabled? And I, I, I could almost imagine, you know, there was that first question on the forum that was how do I instance with my 4.0 Horizons friends? I could almost picture people at Frontier going, oh, I haven't thought of that. Mm, okay. Psych <laughs> uh, it. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. I, 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 I'm kind of on the same in the same mindset as as you, Alec, but it's um it's do you know what do you know what's the most disappointing thing about it for me was how much of a win week Frontier were on. And um, such a such a cracking week. Is and, that their fault or ours though? I, I sometimes feel like the community no, find, no, finds a bone to yourself. shake. Don't <laughs> gaslight yourself into thinking that this was a, a bad decision. But um It's not it, an awful thing that they've done. It's only a little thing and then yeah, the community well, have shaken it like well, a yeah, r- rotting bone. It's something. It's something at least, <laughs> you know? It's something it's it's something that marred an absolutely wonderful yeah. week. And But it, you know, they have to be so perfect, don't they? To to not have something mar the week. I, I do feel for them sometimes. They have to be so perfect. 
Yeah. They've got history of not being particularly perfect, especially yeah. Yeah. within the last year. Yeah, um, you, you could, you could. I, I just feel like it's such a. Um, for me, it's such a vast oversight that um, it just boggle, boggles my mind. Why, why, why wouldn't you want to do? Why wouldn't you want to do that? Why wouldn't you want to? Um, Elite's re- re- Elite is amazing when you're playing with friends. Why wouldn't you want to? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't an Odyssey, an Odyssey player who loves Odyssey and wants to share their experience of 4.0 with their friends? They don't like they want to drive around in a scorpion with their with their friends in 4.0. Their friends have to buy have to buy Odyssey, and it's not sometimes like a lot of these people have just shelled out for a PC. Yeah, but at the moment Odyssey is about the price of a ship kit or two. Ship kit and a half, really. It, it still costs money, though. Mm. Anyway, so the upshot of all this... Well, I mean, they can't, you can't expect to buy Odyssey for nothing. Because then you'll... Oh, can you imagine the salt of the people that have bought Odyssey? Yeah, I know. I saw someone on the forum suggesting, why don't they just give Odyssey away? And it's like, well, it's kind of their only... Apart from cosmetics, it's the only thing that they're getting revenue from for this game. Well, yeah. Yeah, that was that was an odd thread. That that was. Um, anyway, so moving on from uh, from that, we have today. Uh, Sally released a new discovery scanner, which basically has just uh, gone over exactly what we've just talked about. However, there is um, the next live stream happening. Uh, next frame sh- shift live. Uh, now that. Uh, it's going to be, we're going to have Darren on the stream this time, and they've had a uh, join the discussion option, which will take you to the thread, and you can put uh, questions in the thread, which uh, could be answered by Darren. Uh, I'm a bit hesitant to actually mention that, because all of a sudden it's now going to be flooded by people all demanding to have ship interiors or, or VR, you know, the usual, uh, the usual two big things that Always are requested. Your questions were great. I can't remember what they were, but I remember seeing them today, Colin, and thinking. We demand oh, glitter bombs. That's what that's we demand. Uh, actually, no. It was. It was. It was re- a request to see whether or not a certain mechanic was still working. Remember the interstellar initiative, which wiped out all the um, agricultural crops mm. from the commodity markets, and uh, you were supposed to put a whole load of. Um, uh, these chemical you want these chemicals to repair the damage. The problem was is that as far as leave is concerned, we only repaired enough to get one commodity back, which was coffee. So we've got coffee and we've got um, we've got leave and brandy, and that's it. <laughs> and I was wondering whether or not that mechanic was still in progress, so that if players did decide to do a massive effort to uh, to treat leave again. Would that bring back all the commodities, or are we stuck with just coffee? It's really interesting, because that whole agronomic treatment thing is a really old, you know, uh, mm. yeah, bit it's of two, CG it's three years now. Yeah, right. So most pe- a lot, lot of people won't even be aware of it. But As a coffee game... addict, I don't see a problem with any of this. Yeah. Is, is the game still, you know, running that, that bit of algorithm to deal with agronomic treatment is it still possible? yeah i mean do we still have a, yeah it's a state called blight i don't know if there's any systems which still have that state in it must be 
that that <laughs> I I must have seen that somewhere. Well, the upshot is uh, the one the one thing that I've always been curious about is whether or not um, that mechanic is still in place, and whether or not we could organise, I don't know, something like. Um, Operation Ida uh, to do a, a massive fixing up of of uh, agricultural systems which are still affected. That'd be a good community effort. According to EDDB, mm-hmm. there are currently 29 systems with a faction state of blight in there. That's a lot. So the, obviously the state's still in there. So yeah, the state still exists. I won't just wonder if the mechanics still the same because mm. the, if there's one thing that they really like to do at Frontier, they just like to just change something with the BGS and just wait until the rest of us find out about it. Yeah, uh, it's something I wanted to ask at Leavecon, but I never got the opportunity to. I should have sent you lot a message to ask on my behalf. Never mind. So yeah, the discovery scanner is. Uh, uh, is out now, uh, and effectively, uh, one of the things they have said is yes, you, you can. Yeah, there's a whole load of percentage points off, seventy-five uh, percent off Elite Dangerous, forty-five percent off Elite Odyssey, and forty-five percent off the Commander Premier Edition on the Frontier Store only. So if if it's on the Steam Store, the, it'll still be back to its full price. And apart from that, that's it. Uh, as far as the. Uh, um, Oh, they have actually started to put in a new thing called the Galnet News Roundup. Um, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm wondering, are they a bit threatened by Galnet News Digest? Everyone's threatened by Galnet News Digest. It does seem that, doesn't it? It, yeah. d- it does. Oh, quickly, we better do an official one because the unofficial one is so much better. <laughs> Meanwhile, you can hear uh, Commander Wotherspoon's head exploding. <laughs> it's not that good. It's all right. Not like it. I, it's the thing that Paul was made for. <laughs> um, well, looking down at the show notes, there is one very important thing that uh, happened that that's happened today, and that is we have been reminded, and this is what uh, Ben is playing with on the, on the stream, is that oh god, this makes me feel so old. Thirty eight, thirty eight years ago today, the original elite was launched on the BBC Micro. And the worst thing is, as I remember it. <laughs> like it were yesterday. <laughs> Someone start playing the Hovis music in the background. Yeah, um, obviously, uh, there's a whole load of firsts that came with that le- that game. Um, it's a fir- it was On the BBC, it was one of the, the first th- proper 3D dogfighters. Uh, and then on top of that, um, it was the first proper open world game. Uh, and for those of you who want to see what we've we've suffered with, you can download it for free on the Frontier website. Actually, I, I don't remember Diesel being so deadly. Yeah, I just got my butt handed to me in, in Diesel. Well, I mean, I, I, I was able to stand up for myself, but... Yeah, there was a lot of... I'm just in the beginner ship, obviously. Well, the beginner version of the Cobra Mark III. And I had a lot of pirates in between me and Diso. Well, that's ironic because it's a democracy, which means that yeah. it's supposed to be relatively secure. Well, that's why I was thinking I'd, like, be all right going there, but... Wow! <laughs> you forget how 
much more brutal those games were. It really is. <laughs> I mean, that's one thing that got me when I played Frontier First Encounters. I thought, oh, um, I'll just fly from this place to that place. And one pirate later, that was it, gone. And they're going, yeah, you just completely forget how brutal it was. These kids today, they don't know they've got it made. <laughs> Oh, I see. Well, yeah, we're seeing Yorkshireman sketch um, quotes all appearing in chat all of a sudden. There's a surprise. Alec? Oh, I was just going to say, I think Dita is maybe the wrong example, but we've commented on this show many times about how um, the original Elite, you felt a real sense of danger in anarchy systems, which I think Elite Dangerous has never quite managed to recreate. I'm dead again. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't even have to ask anybody to kill you. No. <laughs> yeah, I must admit that is that is as an old school player. I must admit, I I am there thinking that anarchies, populated anarchies, need needed to be um, lethal, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wish that Reedquat were as scary as this version of Diso has been. But uh, yeah, well, Reedquat's not an anarchy anymore, though, is it? No, but I wish it had been. Isn't there a system very close to it with a coder based? That's an anarchy. <laughs> now we're getting told we're, we're slipping into gaming dad's corner <laughs> we are gaming dads well 75% are you a gamer? Oh. are you a dad? no 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 size not size <laughs> not a dad and I know you know I, are you well, a daddy uh, bitch? <laughs> uh, anyway you, you've got a cat that's almost as good as being a dad isn't it Si? I mean I mean, I, I could certainly be somebody's daddy, but that's not a problem. I'm going to have to type this out. I can't say it on air. We've had Daddy Sy- Savlon, and now we're getting Daddy Psychic. We've got Daddy Palin. <laughs> no, we've got Daddy Ram and Papa Palin. you got to remember those. Oh, dear. Dear. It's almost as bad as Daddy Pig, to be honest. Right. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. Yeah, that, that was really helpful, Ben. <laughs> Hey, sorry, just whenever I hear Daddy Pig, I've got to do these kind of things. It's called uh, having a five-year-old. Yes. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not saying that, psychic. Don't say it. Don't say it. It's for our eyes only. I wouldn't, Alec. I wouldn't Google what I just wrote in chat. No. <laughs> what I will say, what I will say, just to, you know, um, make you guys feel even better about yourselves, is that... Um, I wasn't even born when this game came out. Enjoy that. Oh, lovely. It's all right. We need somebody on the show representing the youth of That's today. me. That's there me. In touch with <laughs> youth and all that. Yeah. Down with the kids. I understand the TikTok. In it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did love how Sally is like one day older than Elite. No, she isn't. No, though. she's not. She's oh, minus she... one year. Yeah. And, uh, a year and a day or something. What's she? What's she going on about with like doing the Rolling Stones then? Well, because because well, Darren she... confused her. Oh, okay, Darren's it's all Darren's fault. It's absolutely it's always Darren's fault. That's fair enough. <laughs> um... Yeah, it, it's uh, <laughs> Sally's um, posted on Twitter yesterday that it was her thirty seventh birthday, and of course today they posted that his elite was thirty years. 38 years old, so yeah. Uh, I, th- I think it came out a year later on the Spectrum, 
which uh, was the was the version I cut my teeth on, uh, and the Commodore sixty four. Everybody goes on about which version was particularly the best and all that kind of stuff, but the NES is the definitive edition, and I'm standing we, by that. Yes, so. I think I think we'll move on to the in-game events before this 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 degrades into the the the, the level that was last week. Um, what has been happening uh, in the last week uh, in Elite Dangerous? Well, the Xeno Peace lovers have made a claim that uh, we are the invaders in in Thargoid space, uh, and we deserve everything that we get. Uh, we are, so. and we do. I agree with them. There is there is an element of truth in that. <laughs> Let's be honest, uh, and they are trying. Basically, they're trying to say we should try and talking to the Thargoids, which I I don't think at this point the Thargoids are going to be willing to listen. Uh, next up was uh, on the fifteenth the uh, legendary new Thargoid roar that uh, has been occur that occurred at the end of the uh, Daddy Savlon death cutscene. Um, yeah, that has now been released to the public, which has, of course, scared the bejesus out of the public. Um, on the 16th, there was the judgment of Admiral Tanner, who's been basically exonerated that he should have, that if, if the community had backed him, he would have been proven right. And, uh, yes, but because he didn't follow orders, um, basically he has been dishonorably discharged and he can never hold public office or uh, a, a federal military rank again, which, uh, yes, well, that's, I actually quite enjoyed this one because basically it went to prove that um, Aegis was right. However, I have a sneaking suspicion that if um, Admiral Tanner had won that particular community goal, it would be Aegis firing the Proteus wave and not Salvation. Mm-hmm. Go on, Psychic. No, no, you no, you're that. right. Yeah, that was what I was going to say. Um, oh, right, it, sorry. It, it, oh. Felt, it, it felt like um, you, like the things that we've talked about, how um, uh, the, the, the results of the CG make, make changes to the narrative arc and things along those lines, but it's not like... They're not huge cha- um, changes, it just... Um, Alters the name of the player, or the name, the name of the of the um, the branding on the weaponry, or something like that. Those kind of things. And I feel like when this article came out, and it was something that we we were sort of like talking about then, then and there, it was it was very much like, oh, so this is clarifying what it would have been, what it would have been like had had the had maybe more information about salvation being a bit of a wrong one. Let's say the wreck of the Alexandria, and then discovering that um, that Witchley was also was also the witch, was also Salvation, and that was all like wrapped up in a nice bow. If that if Tanner had used that as his let's go and attack Salvation, I think it would have been an entirely different, entirely different outcome, but with yeah. the same Proteus wave and this kind of kind of result. Yeah. So basically, it would have been Admiral Tanner dead on whatever mega ship outside HIP twenty two four sixty, as opposed to Salvation. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with that character in the future. 
I mean, we might end up with a kind of, um, how shall I put it, uh, I keep on going back to Pacific Rim for this, where, you know, they, they had the the last defence of mankind and everybody had given up on them and they were just a private enterprise in Hong Kong just holding on by the skin of their teeth. And I'm wondering if that's the direction that Aegis is going to go. He's important. Tanner is important, important enough that he has... Um graffiti about him right there yeah. is there is tanner tanner graffiti so i i certainly don't feel like this is the last that we've we've heard of him he's not going to shrink back into um obscurity now he's dishonorably discharged i feel like he it's going to be it he's he's not allowed to do government stuff or military stuff anymore the federation he? yeah okay so could he go with um oh my gosh what's her name the one like, the one the aegis woman oh professor thingy me bob tesro that's the Albert one tesro. um thanks kate for the dm i appreciate it um could he like join forces with her and could there be like a reform aegis thing well, that's happening this is one thing that's making me wonder because isn't the only completely Aegis-owned system one of the closest systems to the Stargoid at the moment? I'm sure that one of the systems, the, the closest uh, hum, uh, um, human system to one of the Stargoids at the moment is the Aegis system that's a tourist economy for some reason. It, 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 wherever the... Um... There's a, there's a megaship, isn't there? An Aegis megaship that's somewhere. Mm. And I... Oh, it's... It's in that direction for sure. I'm just wondering whether that's where the Starcoid's going. Why? Well, just wipe out the last of ages. You just didn't do nothing. <laughs> At the end of the day, he just got like pretty much like more fucked than the rest of us. At this point, <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Moving on from there, the Far God cult has become under further federal scrutiny today. And there's been an awful lot of um, uh, complaints from them saying that it's intrusion, it's, uh, our privacy is being undermined, etc., etc. But when they were celebrating um, the loss of federal battleships to the Thargoids, um, I think they're going to be considered enemy number one coming going forward. Uh, and in Imperial news, in a kind of break from tradition, Ashling Deval, or Ashling, 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 whatever, um, she has now criticised the Emperor herself uh, by saying that the Emperor's made a mistake for them going it alone. She sort of has highlighted the fact that um, although they lost uh, at HIP 22-460, they lost together. And if they if they lost together, what chance have they got trying to stand separately? Uh, go on, Psychic. Like, so, like, we we discussed we we discussed this a little bit earlier, but um, she was very very much against um the Aegis forming, wasn't she? She was originally quite against that, and it feels like she's turned tail and is now like, oh, we should all be friends again. <laughs> well, what what's the thing that's best for my popularity? And I hate her. <laughs> oh, you just think that she'll just jump on any bandwagon as long as hundred percent, a hundred percent. All she all um 
all that like it what fuck off <laughs> what where, where did that come from so actually oh i see I, I thought ben had gone and done something rude again oh god no <laughs> yeah, I, i've done i've done nothing all i'm doing is going over and seeing chris i see okay um yeah so that brings us up to date um how does everybody feel how the plot's progressing? Do you think it's, it's progressing fast enough? Or do you think they're still laying groundwork? I think it's a deliberate slow burn to start a new season. Um, I think we've all sort of speculated, you know, that they want at least the Horizons 4.0 client in place before they start picking up the pace. So I think, I think it feels like it's just setting some groundwork, and, don't you think? Yeah. Um, I mean, would you want it to speed up? Not next week. There's a buckyball next week. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not now. Um, I, I think I, I'm quite looking forward to, and this is a question I want to, um, I want to give to um, the 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 rest of you in a um, in a war CG. Let's say hypothetically in a war CG between the Far God Cult and the Federation, which it felt like um, the one of those two Galnet articles today was hinting towards um with with the the potential for that CG to happen should if you were to pick a side which side would you pick but if you're picking between the federation and the fargod cult <laughs> Nobody wants to go first. Yeah, everyone's like, I'm too scared. I'll go first. I'm picking Fe- the Federation. Yeah, I would say nutters. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm glad you said that because I was thinking, surely that's the obvious answer. Have I missed something? Yeah, the fuck. I have nothing. to point out, this isn't QI. I mean, when you put, the, when you put out the obvious answer, you don't get this huge siren telling you you've got it wrong. The clue is in the name, cult. Maybe we should. <laughs> there are cults. The clue's in the name. If there were, if there were a bunch of tree huggers who weren't quite so loopy loo, I'd be on their side. But the Thargoid cult are a bit fecking loopy loo. <laughs> God, has, like has anyone heard Burr's theory from about a week ago? His tinfoil theory. The oh, it's just the... Yeah, it's quite complex, and I I can't possibly do it justice because it was very complex. It was quite interesting, but D two to, to, is controlling the Thargoids as they come into. Attack. Yeah, there was an interesting point that it was kind of suggesting that maybe well, there does seem to be a split in the Thargoid cult, and that maybe there's a, a rising section of the Thargoid cult that aren't quite as loony as the as the original lot. Um, and yeah, and that D two was involved in that. And the what's the name of the the, the first high priestess or whatever? First apostle is that's the one. Yeah, that that might be D two. The in that the, mostly it sounded bonkers, except there was a really interesting point that Burr made, which is that Thargoids are, as stated by friend, Frontier, totally alien, and so we. Sh- we wouldn't really be able to communicate with them even if we had a common language. Um, there's a great philosopher's quote about communicating with something very other to you. I can't remember what it is now. It's some paradox. or, But anyway, um, yeah, basically we wouldn't be able to communicate with the Thargoids. And this theory was that D2... D2 is the human... Is the, the, the 
commander who was like the human hybrid pilot, right? Mm-hmm. That that yes. maybe she could act as some kind of spokesman that that would give us a way in game of of having interactions with the Thargoids through her. And I found oh, that interesting right. because as a CG, how, how can you possibly have a CG to do something for the Thargoids because they're alien and what can we possibly know what they want? But if Frontier somehow managed to inject a kind of go-between, we could, you know, we could do things at her bidding. It was interesting. I found it interesting. There, there, you know, there was something in it that was quite intriguing. Yeah, they, <laughs> I like this. Stephen Usher goes Lacutus of Bar of Tharg. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, it, it is it is a nice theory, and you know, we always love a good bit bit of uh, tinfoil hattery. Um, personally, I I don't know. D two was just someone they plugged in and didn't die. Effectively, um, I don't know whether or not she can now control Thargoids. Um, we know that you could control one small scout ship. It's an option for Frontier to spin, isn't it, in terms of yeah. story? I mean, they could spin that. I, I would more offer her up as a an olive branch slash ambassador idea and see if she can help us get communication going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Uh, I mean, I've, I have heard suggestions that the Thargoids will now be appearing as a new power and power play. So it gives them a representation of uh, of being involved with uh, with the game in that way and showing the influence come over. I mean, I suppose you could have a, a Thargoid faction in BGS that they they manipulate. It's um, yeah, there, there are possibilities, uh, but uh, yeah, you, <laughs> I guess Ben's having trouble with uh, OBS at the moment. Uh, so right, um, let us. Call on the store. Do you alert. have a second question? All oh, right, hang on. Store alert now. Um, I did. I I did have a. I did have a second question on the back of the um the the first question. Um, oh, okay, okay. So I can go for your second question. In that, if you were um if you were going to choose, like, let's say rewards are exactly the same on either side, we need to make sure that that's the case. But if you're playing instead of working for them, what about against? The Fargood Call or against the Feds, which one would you choose? Because I think that's a more difficult question. Uh, well, I'm always against the Feds. You know, the Feds can GTFO. I still have not forgiven them. So yeah. There we go. See, it's it's just a um just yeah. a thing. They they done wronged me. It's an interesting question, Psychic, because actually, you, I, I wouldn't. Well, I wouldn't side with the Fargood Cult. I wouldn't turn on them either. I'd feel a bit sorry for them, really. Or deluded people. It's it for for me. It's it's just a um, it's just a a, a a weird one. I feel like I also feel like the the this new strain of the Thargod, the Thargod cult. These um these are people. They they give me the the essence of being a little bit more um more military militarized. I can't do that word. Um, that they have they definitely have more organization to them. Let's let's do that instead. Yeah. Yeah. Um and it instead of instead of being just a fog of call, it it's turned into more of an organized religion, but also very, very importantly, a fanatical organized religion. And that's terrifying. I don't want don't give a toss about stargoids that are like twenty um two months away. Um this organized religion coming up on um 
coming up on the time when we've um, when it's getting a spoopy season. I'm not sure I'm keen on this. What yeah. could go wrong, Sai? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a it, <laughs> religious extremists. When is, when's that all worked out with that football it's team? Been fine, been fine. How many how many mega ships have been taken out by religious extremists? At least one, isn't it? Quite possibly several. And then he killed himself, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, moving on. About oh, have you got any more questions, Psychic? No, I'm good. No, you're good. Okay, we'll move on to the the store alert, if that's okay. Store alert. Welcome back. Well, the store alert this time, we haven't actually seen anything new turn up in the store, unfortunately. Um, however, there does seem to be the still existing 45% discount on all cosmetics, which has been running for the last couple of weeks. Uh, so if you still want that uh, that cheap uh, ship kit or um, uh, crossfire skin, which uh, I think I went out and bought one, uh, yeah, that's still in Oh, sorry, up to 45%. Yeah, because I remember rightly, ship kits are 30% off. Don't want want people coming back to us and saying, well, Lave Radio said that it was 45% off everything. Not that we have any authority on anything. Just want to be sure that we're saying the right thing. Yes, completely true. Uh, So nothing... Uh, nothing new on week uh, on sale this week. That's probably due to the bank holiday uh, weekend that we uh, suddenly had thrust upon us. But uh, yeah, we'll check back with us next week. You never know. Uh, so moving on from there. Um, well, okay, Alec, you first. No, I was just going to say on store alert. Did anyone else fit their um, Union Jack back onto their Cobra? Just me uh, then. <laughs> yeah, just you, I'm afraid. Uh, I didn't think to. Okay. I should have done, really, if I was being patriotic. I, yeah. I was I was away. I wasn't playing the game. It was also Talk Like a Pirate Day. Uh... Yeah. I, I, I am so glad that Boris Johnson wasn't in charge, because no doubt he probably would have done that. <laughs> uh, that would have uh... been interesting, yes. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Let us let us move on to the main discussion. So uh, we're going to take a short break, uh, and then we'll come back and have some more chat. I spend so much time in my Imperial Trader, I find it really hard to meet people. I mean, when do you get the time to go to bars when you're taking on courier jobs for the military? But with VenusDating.com, it was so simple. I just put in my personal details, and they found me my perfect match. I really thought it would be difficult, but... Venus dating made it so simple, with so much in common. We both like movies, walking along the beach at sunset. Browsing imperial shipyards. And of course, since we started dating, we've discovered that we both really love... (laughs) (laughs) Shooting Thargoids. Let your voyage begin with VenusDating.com for every first encounter. 
You've flown ships at max speed. You've felt the power of the 30 megawatt mining laser. You've experienced the efficiency of the MB4 mining machine. Wow. But it leaves every hardcore miner with just one question. Why can't I get a shave that's that fast, close and efficient? Introducing the Saracen MB5 shaving drone. It's so smooth. Combining the power of a mining laser with the convenience of a drone. It's like every hair is targeted by a fighter and destroyed. Saracen's patented shaving drone attaches to your face at the start of the day. Leave it to do its work, and when you come back to check, your face is shaved. He's so smooth. It's like I'm mining my face. The Saracen MB5 shaving drone. Now I feel manly. Saracen shaving. Making shaving an unnecessary adventure. Hi, I'm Trent Stephen Findlist Jr. And I'm here to tell all you pilots about a great new service. Take a listen to my friend, Pete. My name is Pete and I'm a long distance haulier. I drive a Puma shipping farm machinery from Leestee to Sawayo. I love my family and I don't mind being a hard-working blue-collar dad, but I'm tired of seeing my family grow old in front of my eyes. Every time I make the run there and back, I lose 15 days in hyperspace. My family is starting to notice that they're getting older and I'm not. My wife had a baby last week, I did a week of shifts and now my kids got teeth. I wish there was some way my family could get old at the same speed as me. There is, Pete. How? By buying into my new service, Findlist Cryogenics. We aim to put the freeze on the premature ageing of your family. The process is simple. Our unique family centres allow you to drop off your loved ones on the way to work. Simply hire the number of cryogenic pods you need and keep your family asleep while you fly among the stars. We ensure synchronicity with your flight patterns so they spend the same time awake that you spend in the cockpit. And when you get home, bingo! Your family is the same age as you. Never lose family time in hyperspace again. We guarantee that you'll never miss another birthday, anniversary or funeral. Wow, Trent. That sounds great. Where do I sign? Simply put your credit card details into our special webpage under the hashtag WeFreezeYourLove. We'll take care of the amounts. No need to worry about that. It's so simple. I can't wait to keep my family in a secure block of ice. It's a weight off my mind. Findalist Cryogenics. Now at your local spaceport. Findalist Cryogenics. Because the family that grows old together goes cold together. And welcome back. Now, it's um, it's time to bring Alec. And, well, Psyche I don't think needs bringing up today. But Alec it feels that he's a little bit behind the times in the last couple of weeks. Um, so... I... <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah, I listened to last week's show. But I have been out of the game a little bit. And um, certainly out of Odyssey. And so I was aware of Stargoids. I was a bit more up to date than Ben. So I'm aware of the Stargoids. And I'm aware that people were following them and tracking them. And Canon have been doing a great job of that. But I guess I'm certainly unclear on what rogue signal changes Bosses. are. Yeah. Yes. Well, okay. Psychit, do you, you've actually visited one of these. Yeah, I went, I went out there today. So, mm-hmm. so last week, last week we had um, rogue signal sources appear with the update. So, um, wherever a stargoid was, now, mm-hmm. Colin, you might need to jump in and correct me on some of this. Right. Um, wherever a stargoid was, a um, a rogue signal source would follow. 
originally, when they were inserted into the game, they were mahusive green mm-hmm. clouds. As you got closer to them, they would appear as like these massive, massive green clouds. But when you dropped into them, mm-hmm. it would uh, you would be disconnected from the reality and find yourself staring at your desktop. Yes. Until it was... it was patched out this week. Yeah. Or last it's... week. I don't yeah. Know. It's funny that actually when Odyssey, when 4.0 came out, Odyssey also got a patch as well. It's a massive two gig patch. Yeah. No, no patch notes. Lens flare. Official patch notes. No, the, lens, any... the lens flare was the previous one. Yeah. But uh, when 4.0 was released, Odyssey also got a big uh, update. And uh, yeah, there was no patch notes for that. What are they playing at? What are they hiding? So then, so then they rolled they rolled it back because yeah. everyone oh, they, they rolled hacking. something back, didn't well, they? Well, they, yeah, they rolled they they got they rolled something back, and now effectively, what you what you can do is you can drop at these rose signal sources now, mm-hmm. but there's there's nothing there at all. Right, at all. And you drop into the. You can see the stargoid in the distance, yes. but there is, there's nothing to scan. There's nothing to um, to check out or anything along those lines, um, which leaves me with a question on the back of that. But I, I believe Alex got a couple. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Alex, off you yeah. go. I have two questions because I've been farting around in in horizons testing the next buckyball race so i haven't actually even had a chance to go out and see these stargoids so these things that you say were following or or, or were appearing in the systems where the stargoid had been so am i right in in that aggressive thargoid hyperdictions were also following in the wake of the stargoid no they're ahead of them they're ahead okay so these rogue signal sources aren't it, I've been told it's um, you can either if you get hyperdicted, it will either be a normal hyperdiction or they'll be aggressive. Okay. I haven't been hyperdicted. Okay, but these things are sort of slightly unrelated. So there are thargoid hyperdictions in the vicinity of the stargoid, but these rogue signal sources are sort of trailing them. That's the impression that I'm under. Same. Okay. Do you want my second question? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. My second question is, when the Stargoid was very first discovered, that that first day or two when we were all watching loads of live streams and things, and I can't remember who I was watching at the time, but a few people found a... uh, It it didn't have the official title of a rogue signal at that time. It was just... I know what it was. It was like like a, uh, a signal in Super Cruise that you could lock onto but was travelling so fast that it was quite hard to get your speed and distance down such that you could drop out at it. And if you did drop out at it, as I recall, there was nothing to see other than the the targetable signal moving away from you quite quickly. So, ah. do, so do we think this rogue signal source is just that, but it's now got a name? It's not, When you drop into it, it doesn't move away. Okay. So um, if... If it was the same thing, it's um, adopted different behaviour. Um, the the old ones, the old ones were the, like the things where they you have comets in yeah. game. They're like the placeholders for comet comets. Yeah, they? I but... found it very intriguing. I it, it 
it felt to me a bit like that the underlying data model of Elite Dangerous that we kind of don't get to see, it, it felt a little bit like it needed to have things like um, the gravitational center for a bunch of stations rotating around a comet. It almost felt like there, there needed to be a thing in the game and that you weren't necessarily supposed to be able to drop out at it and see it because there was nothing actually there. But the game needed this sort of target, this focal point for things happening. And at the time, when, when the Stargroid was first seen and then people found these things that they could sort of chase and just about drop out at that were invisible, it smelt to me a little bit like an implementation detail of the game, that it was the it was the kind of targetable focus of the Stargoid. So I'm intrigued now whether these new things are, are deliberate. They, they sound more deliberate. Indeed. My, my, my question that stems from the back of it and um, is the question that I sort of asked today when I dropped in on it and there's, n- there's nothing there. Like there are other, in the wake of the, the Stargoids, there are other things, like there are other signal sources which have the um, broken ships and the special, the special item that you can pick up. There's a, there's some kind of, something in there that you can pick up which is like the logs or or i don't i don't know i can't can't remember what it's actually called but um now dropping in on these very signal sources there is nothing there at all not even a green cloud nothing so that to me begs the question is if they removed the stuff that was in the rogue signal source or the that stuff why didn't they just remove the rogue signal source as well why is that still in the game and why is it important i mean that is that is an interesting one isn't it i mean i mean i think we can all suspect it's something to do with the thargoids and maybe they have a cloak around it so that we don't know just yet what it is. A, I should have flew around then, shouldn't I, and see if I could knock into stuff. <laughs> that would be the trick. <laughs> yeah, that would be the trick. Yeah, crash test dummy cloaking te- cloak detector. <laughs> Always useful. I volunteer as tribute. <laughs> like windmill everywhere. <laughs> You'll find it eventually. Or basically, you need to modify your torpedoes to scan for gaseous anomalies, because that thing's got to have a tailpipe. Let's see how many people get that reference. I got that reference. (laughs) Yeah, but you're old. I didn't, but but, but it came very, very close to something else that we've been talking about today, so I'm not going to mention it. Oh, the word tailpipe. Oh, dear. It's very hard to know with this stuff, isn't it? Whether we're seeing behind the curtains a little bit or not. Whether whether this is something that's not quite been implemented right or... Yeah, I mean, I got... I mean, I must admit, when I, I heard that um, about what was said when it crashed out, I got very excited. And I must admit, now that I've heard that when you drop out, there's absolutely nothing... I'm a little bit disappointed. Is, is this the phrase that I keep hearing people alluding to that's in the crash report? Yes. Yeah, okay. T word that we don't talk about here. Can somebody not type yet. it in chat here so I, <laughs> I'm sick of not knowing what this word is. Oh, I mean, there's lots of words that appear in Elite that have nothing to do with Elite Dangerous, so we're not allowed to get yeah. super excited about it. Yeah. Um, especially when it's, a, when it's a random word on a crash report. Um, While... I, it's much more 
for, for me at least, it's much more rewarding to speculate on the stuff that is currently in game than speculating on something that you see on a on a crash yeah, report. Definitely, the definitely. the the thing that was super, the thing that remains super um super interested um super interesting for me is um it it it's just it boggles my mind that it's still that it if it wasn't. If there wasn't something that we could do with it, why is it still there, man? It's something new. I want to be able to. I want to be able to Correct, pod it, it until something happens. Yeah, yeah. I mean that. That's the main reason for my disappointment was because basically, um, when I saw this massive two um, gig patch come down, I thought, oh, that means that the the signal sources will start working, and of course they haven't, which is a little bit deflating, Alec. Yeah, can we can we speculate then? Let's let's suppose that the let let's just go on the on the sort of most popular conception that the Stargoid is like a Thargoid mothership converging on somewhere and there's there's mm-hmm. three, four, five of them now? I've missed out on that. How many are there now? There's three. still only three. Still three. Okay, okay. So there's three let's say Thargoid motherships converging somewhere for the sake of argument. Mm-hmm. What do we think? could be in these signal sources that are trailing them and and let's suppose that they're not fully implemented yet and so there is supposed to be a green cloud and let's suppose there is supposed to be something in that green cloud what well does it, it makes sense for that to be um actually to me it, it makes sense that that's actually uh, ex- expired uh, fuel rods or <laughs> some kind of fuel dump that is is left some toxic waste it's left as it flew past. That would be funny. I must admit that'd be funny. Everybody getting all excited and they've just come across Thargoid poo. What was the I thing mean, in the episode? Of, yeah. What was the phrase in episode of Red Dwarf where they found a, he was convinced it was a life pod and it was just was it garbage pod or something? But it was it had a name I can't remember because oh, half the word so recently half the wording was obscured. Quagars or something. <laughs> it would be funny if we found some Thargoid quagars and it turned out to be just garbage pods. It's a garbage yeah. pod. Oh, no doubt people, some collectors would want it because, yeah, <laughs> pick, up some, pick up some Thargoid poo and take over to Professor Palin. He'll be happy. Let's think of the compost that you could get out. I'm thinking about the Wandering Village too no. much. <laughs> think about what we can do with guano and things like that. Compost corner. Sorry, I, another old person joke. Yes. So I, I, I'm for some reason now thinking about Thargoid foie gras. But it's interesting, the... isn't it? Like, I, we don't seem to have any great theories as to what Frontier would want us to find in the wake of the Stargoid. I'm trying to think what would be interesting, what would make good gameplay, what would tell us something, what would drive the story forward. I wish we could... Um... That on the with the crash sites, I wish those those things that you can pick up would tell us something. Mm, yeah, very much so. Like a like a little bit of like, even if even if it's just the small the smallest bit of information, like, oh my god, did you see that thing? It was massive. That would be enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, what the heck's that coming towards us? It's coming uh, towards us very fast, very very. That's fast. what I mean. <laughs> Don't worry, they can't hit us at this dis. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of flavour text they could add. I mean, it 
is it building the atmosphere for this upcoming event enough for everybody or is it just that it's feeling like it's teasing too much you got blue balls <laughs> we've had this before haven't we this is what frontier did well, you've had blue balls thing. before always all the <laughs> time with this game <laughs> yeah yeah frontier like to tease oh. this stuff out that's fine it is but... it is it is different it's I, I i sometimes i will get to a thursday and i'll be like oh man there's got to be something please make there be something and it's there's just there's just like it's more disappointing when there isn't a cg and yes. the the only thing that we get are two extra star, um two extra stargoids that we can't interact with that that is a little disappointing um i'm not going to lie um because i feel like it's obviously a fair amount of the community look to the CGs each week as something something to be getting getting stuck into and those kind yes, of things. Completely so when, agree there. When there isn't one <laughs> and it's and the thing that we get in um in place of it is less than um is less than a a base with logs. Yes. Maybe maybe there were th- maybe maybe there were things with logs. Maybe, maybe we have all missed bases with logs. Maybe there's a, there's a clue out there where the where these um, thargoids were coming from. Maybe there's massive thargoid thargoid base shaped holes in the ground somewhere that we just haven't found yet. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> is that their litter tray? Their litter tray. Yeah, I mean, that that's the issue, isn't it? Because basically you're seeing all this stuff, you're thinking, oh, they put something decent in. Let's let's go find it. And no. Don't get me wrong. It's, 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 it's interesting. It's interesting oh, yeah. to look at. And, like, we can we can pull content and content out of speculating over what that, what that, those things are what they what it's going to result in all of that stuff we've we've probably got shows for days like working on specific sections of that um but it would be nice it'd be nice to have for it to be a little bit more meaty back yeah. in your foie gras analogy <laughs> i mean yeah there's i mean if you pop over to the uh the canon website uh there's 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 a heck of a lot of resources there for for tracking it they've they've gone through audio analysis they've gone through they've gone and logged the the hyper addictions around it which are you know 50 percent of them are immediately aggressive and uh you know 50 percent aren't and uh yeah the the type of interceptions that you're getting um but i must admit that, that there is a quite a lot of stuff that uh, they're finding in the unknown signal sources which oh it would have been a, a, a kind of gold mine just a if there was just a little bit of flavor text in there to say my god what's that coming it's it's scary but uh yeah it's uh alec yeah, just had another thought that um, I wonder if it'd be quite nice because I feel like these these Stargoids are going to carry on for quite a while, sort of slowly approaching. I mean, I think we all suspect that they're, they're basically going to coincide with the next update. Mm. Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so I just wondered, it'd be quite neat if there was something in the green glass gas clouds that you could collect the data you could scan or something and then they could have a cg you know i mean they would, they'd have to spin some story around it but it would give people an excuse to go out there and track these things and drop in and scan some data and bring it back and 
It would yeah. Least, because at the moment, all you can really do is go and look at this thing and listen to it and to actually sort of engage with it and collect something from it and bring it back would be quite interesting. It'd be nice I mean, if it could honk its wake or something. Yeah. Yeah, like a like a wake scan, you know, but um, go out there with a, a, um, a frame shift wake scanner, but scan. Something. I don't suppose anybody's been able to fire off a, um, one of the interdictors at the at the Stargoid, or is it impossible to? It, it doesn't hear as a as a target that you can. You can't lock onto it. You can't lock onto it. No, that's a shame. Yeah, I suspect even if we could lock onto it, it'd be like a. I don't know an ant trying to interdict a aircraft carrier or something. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a good anal- uh, analogy there. Uh, so I, I guess we're all in agreement that we're saying, okay, it's nice that this is in, but can we move it on a little bit? I'm all, yeah. I'm all, I'm all for it, Jane, but can we not? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah if, if it was, I suspect something may be coming quite soon. They obviously tried to do something which didn't work, and they've had to roll back. So, mm. partly because of the bank holiday, I think, wasn't it? So, I, I think now that that's behind us, they'll they'll definitely be putting that back in again. I I, I foresee a patch coming very soon. Well, well there, there was day. yeah, there was one issue that I thought was quite funny about the patching was that they must have they must have listened to last week's show because apparently when you look down at the crotch panel, uh, basically the game crashed, and I'm I'm blaming. Um, I people, wasn't here. People putting rude comments in our chat for that. I wasn't here. I don't know what you're talking about. Mm. So yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. I think Jin may or may not have been involved. Jin may or may not have been involved. Yeah, completely correct. Uh, I think we're going to move on. Um, has anybody got anything final to say about the uh, uh, the Stargoid and and the uh, the rogue signal source? Like, no. if anyone's got any suggestions okay. as to what they think it might be, or what they what they think the reason for keeping the rogue signal sources in game was, I would love to hear them. Yes, this this is. Uh... <laughs> so engage with us in our comments. That would be great. Yeah, apart from the fact we think it all all we've got so far to go on is it looks effectively like a stargoid fart when you think about it. That's what it is. It's just poisonous, a green gas that's got nothing in it. It's a good job we don't have smell factors put into into the ships. Yeah. Anyway, on on that highbrow moment, I think we'll move over to the community corner. Um, first of all, we have uh, it started on just two days ago at Lave Station, but the passage to Adrom Adroma Adromeda. I, I got it right eventually. Uh, it started this weekend. It is Commander Yamix's last big expedition, so we have to take a moment to uh, salute Commander Yamix. Yamix, I've got to get that right because he's very close to Yamix, who's a YouTuber. But there's Yamix, who, who's the guy that does this stuff. Um, I, he's done an awful lot of these expeditions over the last five years, and. Uh, he's a very good organiser, so we have to give him a round of applause and thank him for for, for doing these things for the last five years. Uh, and the idea is that this expedition will head out to where the uh, Adromeda galaxy is supposed to impact the Milky Way galaxy in, what, five billion years or something like that? 
I was meant to go to the closest point in the galaxy, but yeah. Yeah, well, the closest point to the Adronomer galaxy, which is probably where it's going to impact us in five billion years. You know, let's see if time to wait. Just just a couple of weeks. Be right. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah, all those people from Mass Effect, Adromers, I finally make it back. Uh, (laughs) That's one game. I tried to play that game. I did try to. And I just, no. <laughs> I've heard it might be better now, but I don't know the truth behind that. Yeah, I, I'm I'm going to finish the Legendary Edition. I'm almost finished the, this last playthrough of the, the Mass Effect Le- Legendary Edition, and then I'll move on to a drama. A, a drama I can't even bloody pronounce it. It's that shockingly bad. But yeah, it's... Um, I'll give that one another go. So yeah, that that's carrying on for the next uh, few weeks, and... Uh, Full details you we will put in the show notes. Uh, also, we've probably missed this now, but the CQC Discord has been doing the plasma challenge, where effectively they're having um, there's restrictions on uh, a free for alls where you've just got to have the P sixty three Federal Fighter uh, armed with plasma cannons only. Obviously, it's in three point eight, and uh, may the best plasma cannon win. So uh, I think they're also doing something. I capture the flag event on on Thursday as well. Um, normally between uh, six and uh, six and eight UTC. So uh, give that a try. I'll pop over to the uh, CQC Discord to find out more. Uh, good news: the Canon Discord is back. Hooray. Only this time. Hooray. With added security. Yeah. 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 There's uh, no QR codes are allowed on their Discord anymore for some weird reason. Oh, I, I wonder why that is. I, b- I believe also the yeah. password is no longer password. No, it's password 1234. <laughs> Don't tell everyone. We were told that in in privacy. Ben, gone. Shit, they're going to change it again. Somebody stick an exclamation mark on the end of the password. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, been there, done that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's you know when <laughs> you know when you know that something everybody's done that is that Michael. I can't believe I'm going to say this. Michael McIntyre went did an entire routine about putting in passwords, so everyone put in their password, and yeah. then when I asked for a number, that everybody asked zero at the end. Yeah. And when they asked for a symbol, everyone went zero and then exclamation mark. <laughs> and you can see the entire audience go, oh, God, everybody else has done that as well. It's so <laughs> common. It's now a comedy routine. I better go and change my password. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're if you're not doing the vastly superior 69, you're missing out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. But 69 characters are just... No, no just like, 69 being the number at the end and then the exclamation mark, obviously. <laughs> Obviously, the Obviously. Yeah. Um, yes, the Anti Xeno Initiative are uh, doing the Great Sensor Data Hunt, which is running from now to the 30th of September. Now, that is a that is a title that I'm glad that I haven't been drinking. <laughs> uh, we will give full details of that over on their Discord. Uh, well, you can find details over on their Discord, uh, but we'll we'll put a link. Also in the show notes. Um, right. It's the last one of the season. Yeah, Commander, baby. Commander Alec Turner, what's this about trying not to breathe? 
Here we go. Here we go. Last race of the Magic Eight Ball Championship. This Ooh. one has anyone has everyone seen the High Wakes trailer? Oh my god! How good is that? How good is Putnik, that? Can we able to play that? Or Alec, do you want us to play that? If Putnik can play it, you play it as much as you want. I absolutely adore it. So yeah, <laughs> I, I I I I approach the High Wake. Do you know? I had an idea. I wanted to make a little trailer for the. Um, like a teaser trailer and I had this in-game idea and I was running through it in my mind and I was thinking yeah I'll do a little trailer and I'll have a clip of like route plotting and deciding to go for one more leg and then I'll have a you know an in-game a sort of in-cockpit shot of the countdown and then I'll have a shot of the sort of getting closer to the mail slot and the more I ran it through in my head I just thought oh, this is a highway cartoon. I just need to contact them and say, can you please make this for me? And uh, yeah, it's brilliant. Brilliant. Massive, massive thanks to the High Wake for sort of bringing an idea that was in my head to life. I love it. I love it to bits. So yes, the idea of this race, um, I there's a forum thread for it, but I, I'm going to release the full details tomorrow. Um, I'm vaguely hoping that Frontier might feature it on their Thursday live stream. So I'll, I'll unveil the full details tomorrow. It's an odd one, this race, because there's quite a lot of planning. And if I release the details too soon, then people are just going to be doing it this week. And the race is meant to be next week. So I'm trying to <laughs> find the balance between not too soon and not too late. But the basic idea of the race is that you you have a Class A life support, which gives you 25 minutes of emergency oxygen. And you start on a pad inside a, an orbital space station where you have an artificial atmosphere inside. <clears throat> so you can turn off your life support and nothing happens until you leave the station. So then the, the basic premise is to try and go as far as you can in those 25 minutes and get back to the station before your oxygen runs out. <clears throat> so... Right. And Let's... you can't refuel your oxygen. You can't use no synthesis. No synthesis. Um, so a lot of people think that when you land, so so there is landing at st the way you get a score is that every time you land at a station, actually mm -hmm. it's a bit more complicated than that, but I'll come on to this in a minute. But when you land at a station, the distance between the system that station is in and the start is added to your total. So you're basically trying to visit as many stations as you can in the time that are a long way away and then still get all the way back to the start before you run out. Um, so the first thing is that if you if you land at orbital stations, the minute you go through the mail slot and in through the kind of artificial you know, airlock, your oxygen is restored. So those are out, so we're not using orbital stations. But if you land at an outpost, as long as you don't elect to to go down inside the station, your oxygen countdown continues. It doesn't restore the air, so the countdown carries on. So when it um, just puts you into and turns you round, yes. If you land and hit launch, then the pad goes down, turns around, comes back up, but the the shutter above you never closes, and you never get into an artificial atmosphere state yeah. that restores the oxygen. Um, it also turns out to be true on planetary bases. So, a couple of things for this race that are a little bit different. Um, I won't tell people where we're starting from yet. I'll wait until tomorrow for that. Right. But this time, because there's been a lot of interest in this race, 
I I'm a bit <laughs> hmm, I'm a bit wary wary about the amount of work I'm going to have to do as the judge for this. <laughs> um, some of the runs in the original race, people were doing eight nine stops, and every one of those I needed to get a distance and add the distance. Oh, it's quite complex. So I'm artificially limiting everyone to five stops by saying that this time we're delivering cargo and you can deliver a maximum of five tons of cargo, one unit to each station. So your your objective when planning this race is to pick the five most remote outposts or planetary oh, bases <laughs> that, you think, fantastic. that you think you can get to drop off your cargo and still get back to the start line in time. Oh my goodness, that's going to be mental. So there will be a maximum of five, and the form, we're going to use a Google form to submit your entries. So basically, this five boxes for you to put your five systems in, and that makes it nice and easy for me. There's, there's five distances to add up. I've got a spreadsheet all lined up to go to add them up. Um, and then the only other little caveat on this is that and, and this was true of the original race, is I realized that once you'd once you'd run your... So you work out a course. You work out where you think you can get to. You run the course. You make it back. Suppose you make it back with one and a half minutes to spare. Right. Originally, I thought there's no incentive in classic buckyball style to have another go and see if you can do it faster because okay. there's, no, there's no prize for being faster. No, there isn't. This is just... So, this is a... so the kind of little extra bonus is that the number of seconds that are left on the clock when you get back, yeah, I divide by three. It's just a bit of a fudge factor. And, that, and you get that number of extra bonus light years. So suppose you do it in one and a half minutes. That's 90 seconds. Right. So you get an extra 30 light years. Ah, I if see. If you can do it faster, the same route faster, you'll get more seconds. And so a bigger bonus so that, that so there is a little in obviously the, what people what I would generally advise people try and do is find a better route, find a route that's right on the limits of what you're capable of doing so that you're you're, you're getting back within 10 seconds of running out of oxygen. Then you know that you found the route that's right for you <laughs> and then maybe just run it faster to try and get that time down a little bit more. Uh, as as yeah. usual, my brain is beginning to melt with all the sub-regulations that are involved with this. Um, no it's doubt, quite I easy. Well, I think when you read the forum thread, it's basically quite easy. You're delivering five things. You've got to take them as far as you can and get mm -hmm. back without dying in 25 minutes. Um, Katiana's asking, do you have to do five? No. Um, so you have to do three. Oh, right. And you can do a maximum. You can do a maximum of five. Yeah, yeah. You can. You have to do three, and you can do a maximum of five. So, 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 as illustrated in the Highwake's lovely little video, there is the option of bailing out and thinking, oh, "I can't do the last one. I'm going to run out of air before I deliver that one. I'll just head back now." Or Colin, you, Colin, can yeah. I ask a question? Certainly. Can we watch the Highwake video, please? Um, I was, I was hoping that it would go on. There we go, well, I think we're watching it. Perfect, thank you. Apologies to the audio listeners, it's very short.
Would you like to do some audio description for it? <laughs> I'm not sure I can. I haven't got it on screen at the moment. I feel like he's, I feel he's like 25. Hours. Is it 25 minutes or 20 minutes? 25. 25 minutes. Okay, I'm sure you said 20 minutes earlier. Hey, I, apologies if I did guess. 25. And it's great. I, the, the two things I love about this race. One is it's the only race where you've got a countdown to your death on screen the whole time, which I think is awesome. And it's also really interesting flying in that kind of muffled ambience. Mm-hmm. Because it all sounds so different with life support. The thing is, yeah. when he gets to the end, when he gets right to the end and you can hear the gasping and stuff. I know. Not, I've done that so many times. I'm going to lose so many Cobras to this. Holy nuts. Oh, I know. Yes, yeah, I've got this video. <laughs> Thank you, High Wake. <laughs> yeah. The High Wake is, is a Ukrainian artist, and um, yeah, I remember as we've got the um, the uh, Ukrainian flag with a little High Wake cartoon on it, and we've been told off because it's it's disrespecting the Ukrainian flag, and we're there going, yeah, but it's done by a Ukrainian artist. It is what it is. It is, it what, is, it is. what it is. Yeah. It's also ro- it's also randomly rotating around his artwork. Yeah. It's not just on the toilet. That's just one of the ones. <laughs> just one of the ones. I did. I did see a comment on the um, on on his YouTube video. Somebody said that the uh, the mail slot, as he's desperately trying to make it back with seconds of oxygen left, should have had a big fat beluga wedged in it. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Oh, I I just know that's what's going to happen to me. Which is definitely going to happen. Yeah. I, I, I feel like I feel like there's a lot of planning in my future, and I'm not here for it, Alec. And this is your fault, and I'm holding you personally responsible. I'm so sorry. And I need, need Epiphus to just write me something again. Cheers, mate. Appreciate it. And also, as I was just discussing with Psychic earlier today, so that the only reason I've added planetary bases back into the they weren't allowed in the original race, but we've allowed planetary bases this time. I don't think they're tactically a good decision because it takes quite a long time to descend and get away from planets. Yeah, oh, I said that's I, what I thought. Exactly, but I suddenly thought, what about the Corvette Club? I can't yeah. exclude the Corvette Club from the final race. I need to give them a way of completing it. So planetary bases are there purely so that the Corvette lovers can get their Corvette runs in. I don't know even that I'm gonna do. I don't think I'm gonna do it in a Corvette. I don't think I, I don't think I have I the mental capacity to I, plan it in a Corvette. I've changed the rules of the race specifically so you well, can do it. Well, that's great. In your... I'm sure that I'm sure that someone else is mental. I'm looking at you, Everfest. Oh no, you've you've activated the psychic clause. Oh man, it's like the Santa Claus for Corvettes in chat. No, so I, I, think, to... I think we can rely on Epiphus for a Corvette run. But now I have to do two. Now I have to do two <laughs> lots of planning. And I don't know if the if the planning for the Corvette is able to take the big hand says it's time to rock and roll. I don't know if that's enough for me to be able to complete it. Heck it, we'll try it. Like it what not? you could do is do the Corvette run first because I can guarantee you'll be able to do the same run in the in the Cobra. Won't be very yeah. competitive. But... Yeah, I'm not, I won't be competitive, though. <laughs> I, oh, only, well, only... there you go. Ali, I got out of the one-point club last time. You did. You did. And we'll never hear the end of it. said it twice, <laughs> Colin. <laughs> um, Stop being so hurt by it. I... Which, which 18th time is twice then? I literally said it. 
I literally said it the last, like when we talked about the winning and how the, the results and that I was proud of my results. And I just said it again now. <laughs> and Alex here all the time. <laughs> And for anybody watching, I am just taking the uh, wind-up key out of her back. Uh, <laughs> right, um, moving on. Operation Reforge Aegis is continuing at the moment. It ends on the 30th of September. The location is the Pleiades Nebula, with uh, helping out the Allies of Justice, uh, of Aegis and Humanity. Uh, Operation Reforge Aegis is uh, basically an effort a two-week effort to stabilize and strengthen the Aegis Research faction in the Pleiades Nebula uh, in order to kind of establish it as a as a, a working faction because apparently it was it was um, dying a death so that we have a, a whole lot of people who are basically wanting to take Aegis private. <laughs> They're privatizing Aegis. I mean, Tana could work for them again. <laughs> That is, that is quite true. Um, however, on a more serious note, uh, I think everybody here in Live Radio would like to uh, send our best wishes over to Commander Plater. Uh, Commander Plater is a friend of the show. He's, he's he does his own streams. He's got his own Discord, um, and as you, as everybody who follows him knows, he is suffering from. Uh, thyroid cancer which has taken a turn for the worst um yeah i get the feeling it's now thyroid plus everything else cancer yeah uh we all we can say is that we're thinking about you mate and uh as yeah. both me and ben said yesterday just fuck off cancer yep just really just fuck off cancer uh so yeah uh no um Anybody got any other business they'd like to discuss? Obviously not. Not off the top of my head, no. I'm trying to think if I had anything going on, and I'm just like, I'm so tired. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I just got back from holiday, and I'm so tired. Yeah, well, nothing nothing going on that I want to share with the class. <laughs> yeah, um, I must admit, yes. Uh, suffering from uh, scorbs. Withering, oh, let's all pretend Star Citizen's the new elite on <laughs> Sunday. Oh, I, we, I that, was a, that was funny. <laughs> yeah, well, you lot trying to convince me that Star Citizen, they were all flying with Type 8. <laughs> oh, ah, 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 it wasn't ah, a Type 8, it was a type, it was a type 9 with a ship kit. <laughs> oh, dear. As if you think I'd never played Star Citizen. Jeez. Anyway, let us move on to the shout-outs. Um, so, obviously, the Dex Legacy is on hiatus. It'll be a while until something new comes out. So, uh, But the whole... Uh, if you have missed the Dex Legacy, it is now completely available in full on Spotify and Audible, uh, where you can also find bonus interviews with cast members. Um, our sister station, Hutton Orbital Truckers, or, sorry, the Hutton Orbital Radio, home of the Hutton Orbital Truckers, it broadcasts on a Thursday at 8.30, and you can tune in at uh, twitch.tv Hutton Orbital Truckers, or if you just want the audio, go to radio.forthemug.com. Uh, for the discerning commander that likes a bit of CQC action, check out the CQC Discord at uh, discord.me slash Elite Dangerous CQC. And we'll also give some shout outs to the following Elite Dangerous podcasts which have appeared 
uh, and are still going. So um, there'll be a flight assist along soon, I believe. Yep, 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 yep. Definitely, I've definitely got stuff to do with it tomorrow. So yes. Excellent, excellent. Good to good to hear that you've started to work on that again. Uh, oh, there was the latest guard frequency that came out this morning, uh, and they do other space games as well. Uh, and we also have uh, the loose screws. They talk about Type Eights. They talk about Type Eights. They talk about a lot of type stuff. Um, yeah, they've also moved as well. It seems that Tuesday is Elite Day because that's when all the podcasts seem to drop at the same time. So uh, I'm either doing one or nothing from Live Radio. Like, we're, we're just trendsetters, Colin. Flight Assist comes out on a Monday. Just to be different. We're special. <laughs> does it? Does it like it? Does it? Not every Monday, something. <laughs> <laughs> We've been really busy with real life stuff. All right. <laughs> you were having right. a bank holiday well following this of course we have the latest Galnet News Digest as provided by Commander Witherspoon and Commander Beetlejude and we'd like to thank everybody who's uh, chipped in on the Twitch chat and Ben did you get any in-game commanders as you ran around you and Ventura just uh, Miggles and Chris oh hello Miggles and Chris of course uh, right, so special thanks, of course, goes to Commander Tokoso, Jay and Trax, and Alan Stroud, who have created music that we use for the show. Uh, but that is it for another episode of Live Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email info at laveradio.com, hit us up at facebook.com slash laveradio, tweet us at laveradio, and you can join, join our Discord server by going to discord.io slash laveradio. We also have a TeamSpeak server where commanders like to hang out and chat, and you can find that at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Now, do get in touch if you've got any questions or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss in a future episode. So, Live Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 uh, British Summertime and streamed out at laveradio.com slash live. So, I'd just like to say thanks to Ben. Thank you. Thank you, Colin. Um, yeah, I I'm not used to this. <laughs> You're not used to this. Jeez. I'd like to say goodnight to Psykit. Bye. We we talked about pegging today, and nobody knew. Oh, damn it! <laughs> no, actually, she talked about pegging. No one else wanted to. Okay. Kate, Katie, Anna joined in a little bit. I think we'll find we all talked about pegging. Yeah. yeah. Well, Kate, Katie helped, and I and I I provided that definitions to Alec. Yeah, Alec. Alec had to be. We had people had to explain to Alec what it was. Thank you. Uh, education complete, I believe, Alec. Indeed. <laughs> we had to explain what Rule 34 was to you the other day, Colin. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, well, no, we don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> right. Um, Alec. Good night, everyone. I think this thing where we say goodbye or goodnight is wonderful. Who suggested it? It's a brilliant idea. It's feeling very forced, if you ask me. Yeah, I really night. like it. Good night, John Boy. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> Uh, good night from you. Soldier, then don't say it. <laughs> yeah. Night, Alec. Uh, we also have to say, and special thanks to today's tech specialist. That would be um, um, the fantastic Pontic Santiago. So, right until next time, commanders, fly safe, and if you can't do that, fly dangerous.
Azimuth Saga, Part 9, The Proteus Wave and Its Aftermath. In previous episodes, we've described events covering nearly 200 years of Azimuth history, from the first discovery of Guardian and Thargoid technology, the development of a very early Guardian weapon through Dr. Caleb Witchley's involvement in the ending of the First Thargoid War 150 years ago, Project Seraph and the Black Flight in 3302 and 3303, through to Salvation's development of Proteus Wave technology in 3307, the pirating of the Alexandria, the discrediting and disbanding of Aegis, and numerous tests of the new anti-Thargoid weapon. We are now ready for the culmination, the detonation of the Proteus Wave, and the ending of the Second Thargoid War. On the 30th of June, 3308, Taurus Mining Ventures, newly renamed to Azimuth Biotech, moved two megaships, the Bright Sentinel and the Heart of Taurus, into the HIP-22460 system. This had been the site of Project Seraph Base Fort Ash, and it is where the Thargoid destroyed Black Flight megaship the Overlook remains. More importantly for Salvation, there were two Thargoid sites on Moon 10b, and for the greatest incarnation of his super weapon, the Proteus Wave, he needed to plug the device into one of the Thargoid devices in one of those sites to amplify the power of the tuned electromagnetic pulse to destroy every Thargoid spacecraft in the system. The Proteus Wave was powered by Guardian relics, and the hostility of Thargoid technology to anything Guardian was well known, so this was clearly a risky strategy. As more and more Guardian technology was brought into the system, Thargoids started gathering. This was part of the strategy. By attracting the majority of Thargoids to one system, their elimination would be devastating. This was, in fact, exactly the same strategy Salvation had used in Kornsar, but defences were needed. So Salvation asked his sponsors in the Empire, Federation and Alliance to help fend off the Thargoids until the Proteus wave was ready to fire. 
The battle lasted for weeks, with three Imperial interdictors, three Farragut battle cruisers, and a repurposed Alliance freighter fitted with anti-Zeno weapons, supplemented by thousands of smaller ships, all fighting to keep the Thargoids away from the bright Sentinel. Sirius Corporation chose not to take part, and kept its megaship in an adjacent system, along with the Azimuth Biotech megaships Masashi and Glorious Prospect. Early on the 9th of August, Commodore Morag Halloran broadcast a message to the crew of the Bright Sentinel. This is Commodore Halloran. I've just received word that the Proteus Wave weapon has been successfully installed at the Thargoid surface site. Soon we will initiate the weapon's activation sequence. It will take some time, so we need to be wary of any attempt by the Thargoid fleet to interfere with Salvation's plan. I've confirmed with Galnet officials that every major newsfeed will carry live footage of the superweapon's activation. We'll share the coming victory with the people we fight for. Every loved one of the millions lost to the Thargoids will witness our revenge in real time. You all know your duties. We've drilled them a dozen times over. Don't let the waiting audience distract you. Make me proud, okay? Halloran out. Salvation himself recorded a personal log just moments before the Proteus wave fired, the culmination of a 200-year-long lifetime spent pursuing the dream of conquering the Thargoids. The time of our victory is almost here. My journey has been long. Too long, I think. I am likely to be the oldest ever living human. The fortune I have spent on cell regeneration and bionic replacements to keep my physical form intact. <laughs> it would make even a serious accountant weep. Every single credit was worthwhile, though. The investments have allowed me to witness this moment to be our salvation. The Thargoids are an ancient race, too blind to realize that time has passed. Over the centuries, I have admittedly found a grudging respect for them. The creatures are equally intelligent and ruthless, but they lack the ambition, an endless potential of humans I've given my life to ensuring the crown has finally snatched away from them. We are now the dominant civilization in the galaxy. My name will be remembered alongside the very greatest champions of humanity. I believe I have earned that much. And when the Proteus wave fired, its bright blue pulse, it seemed for about a minute that it had all gone perfectly. The Thargoid ships lost power. The reign of the Thargoids was over, or so it seemed. But some strange alchemy was taking place in the Thargoid structure on planet 10b. A second green energy pulse 
stronger than the Proteus wave pulse, flooded into the system, the Thargoids came back to life, and all human craft, including megaships, were immobilised for long enough for the majority to be wiped out. All hybrid Guardian modules stopped working. Salvation, the Bright Sentinel, the Heart of Taurus, and all the Imperial, Federal, and Alliance ships in system were destroyed. Thargoids became far more aggressive and actively sought out any human presence in the system. The Thargoids have the upper hand in HIP 22460, and there are rumours that their influence and the newfound aggression is beginning to spread to neighbouring systems. The story of Salvation, the Azimuth Saga, is at an end. Salvation not only failed to end the war, he empowered the Thargoids far more than anyone could have imagined. In early September 3308, it is not yet clear how far-reaching the consequences of Salvation's failure will be. And far out, beyond Barnard's Loop, three strange new stars have been sighted, with eight spirals of green light and eight of blue. They are moving swiftly through interstellar space, travelling from one star to the next. They appear to be heading towards human-occupied space. The next chapter of the history of the galaxy has begun. <laughs>